Welcome back, everybody. This is the Kirby Create Podcast. It is a new podcast that I've been doing. I took what was feeling dangerous, which admittedly was 95 or more percent just taking the audio from live streams and podcasts or whatever I did for Prospect. And I was like, there's not much incentive for people to go check that out. Yeah. Because they're already getting it in one place. And so I, I basically created like what I call Dallas Prospect Live, which is that, so that does still exist. So if someone theoretically did miss a stream and wanted to check it out, they could do that. And then I repackaged Feeling Dangerous just into the Kirby Create podcast because while it will go into sports and all of that, and it's always open to venture into that territory, it's not explicitly sports in that regard. So I try to focus more on interviews of interest and things like that. Like uh, the last guest I had, James Yates, uh, Big Game James, we actually talked about mental health. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it goes into whatever territory that was something he wanted to explore, and so we talked a little bit back and forth about that and our experiences with it. Yeah. Well, I guess you know, there's more to, to life than sports, so yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I so. mean, I don't, I don't figure you, that like your entire... Um, every life, minute, every day, exactly, yeah. would be sports. Although it feels like it sometimes, you know, just watching your podcast and, um, you know, and talking to you. But um, I mean, but as your friend, I I do know that you have many many interests, and yeah, and that's cool. It's refreshing. Yeah. So, so. today we have uh, Mario Cadena, lead singer of Dark Avenue, a Dallas groove metal band. Would you say like what? What would you? I guess at its most basic label give it for its genre so uh man we've been labeled 20 different things yeah from metal to alternative to rock to you know like grunge post-grunge mm-hmm. i mean you name it so i mean the the way that we like to to i guess talk about it or portray it it's more like it's just rock yeah but um but you know to the public it's more alternative metal Right. Yeah. So fair enough. So yeah, it's it's been a long time that you guys have been performing in and around Dallas and all that. I know obviously your career stems back uh, previous to back when you lived in Mexico, and yeah. so I guess tell us a little bit about that for those not as familiar with your work. Even though I plug it <laughs> every opportunity I can, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so originally, I, I started singing uh, when I was 12 years old in Mexico, Mexico City. Um, you know, and, and it's just been a progression. I mean, I started doing uh, weddings with my sister's band, and uh, you know, then we started our. You know, I had a couple of projects like original bands with like just neighborhood kids. You know, and that that were, they had the same type of interest. You know, like skateboarding, and you know, and then suddenly turned like like you know like oh well, let's do a punk band and. Um, um, and then, you know, audition for, for this band in Acapulco and ended up getting the, the, the job. And I mean, five years later, we, we, um, you know, we toured all over the, the country, you know, through the hard rock. Um, and when I moved here about 20 years, 22 years ago, I started with a band called Pistol Weapon Ike and, uh, we worked together for, a, you know, about 10 years. Um, you know, off and on, we, we probably like 12 <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and dark Avenue started as a side project about five years ago for me. And, you know, it was just something that I wanted to explore. Just, uh, uh my guitar player, Barry, uh, sent me a demo and he was like, you know, you just want to come jam and just check it out. And, 
um, you know, like first song I was hooked and, um, and it just kind of, you know, evolved from there. We recorded a song and a good friend of ours, it was, um, helping out, um, producing South by Southwest or doing South by Southwest, uh, week, uh, down in Austin heard the, uh, the one song demo. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. even two songs. Okay. And she immediately was hooked and she called and she was like, Hey, I have a show. Can you guys do it? Hmm. And, uh, we were like, uh, we got the one song. <laughs> we yeah. don't even have like two songs or like, you know, 10 minutes of, of material. Yeah. So, um, you know, so we just kind of rushed into it. I mean, we, we put our heads together. We wrote a few songs that I didn't even have lyrics for. And we took the show in two weeks. And we had about 30 minutes of material. And um, we, got a, we got a really good response. I mean, we had um, a few friends that were down from, from Dallas to, to Austin. And, you know, and before we knew it, we had a little crowd. And, uh, and it, was, it was really cool. It was kind of like you know we're just doing this for fun and and um and that feeling never went away that was the that was i guess that was the reason why it grew into what it is now mm-hmm. that um just that that feeling of just jamming and having fun with your friends never really went away yeah so um you know for me that was something that i was looking for and and not to say that i had that i didn't have that with pistol weapon ike but um, you know, after being with a band for so many years, you know, your creative process, I'm not saying that, that, uh, that it wasn't good, but it just gets redundant. Right. And need something to keep it a little fresh. Exactly. And you're playing the same songs that you were playing 10 years ago, just because right. when you do shows, that's what the fans expect. You know, they expect mm-hmm. you to play the songs that kind of got you there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and, and we got to the point, or at least for me, I got to the point where I just wanted to try something different and explore different avenues of my voice and how to, um, to manipulate it and, you know, just be more, I guess, just free with, with what I wanted to do with Piss Web Nike, everything. You know, we had a sound, we had a predetermined, you know, way of that, um, that the band was supposed to, to sound and look and, you know, and with Arc Avenue, it was just kind of like, you know, whatever we felt like playing or whatever we feel like playing, whatever we like and we love and we love to listen to, that's what we're going to play. And, you know, our, our fans like that, you know, yeah. and we're not cookie cutter. And I mean, we're all, you know, older, you know, and I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. I mean, you know, we have members in the band that have been doing this for 30 years. I mean, I've been doing it for nearly 30 years. Wow. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, you guys have what three albums total that you've released? I, I know the first one I think was an EP. It was it was an EP. It was just a, a few songs. Actually, those were the songs that we played. Yeah. In our first uh, our first show. Nice. And, uh, and and like I said, you know, we just that one we just recorded in you know in our own studio, and we just wanted to have fun with it and see where it went. And like I said, it it took off. Then came Illusions, our second album, and this was. A little more full length. We had a uh, ten songs, mm-hmm. around ten, eleven songs, and uh, and that's what really propelled you know the band into what it is now. And um, and then we started working on reality, which is what is uh, is out now. Yeah, the, the newest album that came out, what like six months ago? 
Yeah, something, something in that neighborhood. It, it's it's been a two year process, yeah. but it was released about six months yeah, ago. And, yeah, and there were some delays and stuff like that, and the the pandemic kind of threw a wrench in everything as oh, well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, but no, it's I, I think the first time uh, when I met you and when first heard you guys play was at Gas Monkey Bar and Grill. Uh, Correct. You guys were opening for Red Sun Rising. Yes. Yeah, so that was the first time I, I met you there, and I remember um, you guys were just like really cool and down to earth and everything. Like after the fact, uh, like we, me and my friends I was there with Jacob and Brennan, like we had like a, a conversation for like twenty something minutes with you guys, and I remember we were, were all kind of thinking like, oh, I'm surprised they like talk to us that long. Usually, <laughs> if someone from a band talks to you, it seems like it's a few minutes, and then they're kind of like on to the next thing. You're like, all right, where's where's the hot girls at? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> well, I'd rather I- talk with them, <laughs> but. Uh, no, it was it was cool. I, I remember. Uh, I think Jacob bought uh, your EP that you guys were selling there as well, and uh, I looked more into your stuff. And then it was probably several months after that that I, yeah. if I I first reached out to you guys after the fact, and it was I think you directly um, talking about setting up what eventually was the interview that we did for Dallas Prospect, which I only now realize I'm wearing my own shirt, but, um, it's like, it's like a shameless plug or something. That's all right. Not, not intended in this case. Although I do like to shamelessly promote myself. I I could go get a dark Avenue shirt or a beanie or something that makes you feel better. Yeah. There you go. But, uh, yeah, so we, we set that up and I think before then, so it was it was a thing where I had reached out, I remember, and you were like, yeah, no, that sounds cool. And for whatever reason, like I was really just getting underway with like Dallas Prospect yeah. and everything. And so I was kind of still trying to figure out exactly what its road was. Like I knew like it was going to be sports heavy and sports predominant. But I was like, nah, I want to work in other stuff too. Like I want to do like music and pop culture and stuff like that. Yeah. And those are still things I'm interested in. I've just kind of since kind of peeled them away to different little platforms and projects like film and stuff i do like cheap pop now uh which i I would just consider it like an offshoot of dallas prospect anyway but so i i was trying to figure that out and i remember thinking like man there's so much stuff i have to figure out here like where to do the interview because i didn't want to just run it out of uh like trying to run it like out of my house or something i had no idea where any of you guys lived at the time so i was trying to figure out like do i have to find somewhere in dallas and trying to jump through all these mental hoops that was just making it way more complicated than it needed to be definitely and uh eventually so like a a while stretch without me like following back up and i was just like he probably thinks i'm like a schmuck or something now that like just (laughs) completely dropped off the map after getting the initial green light and then I went to, I think it was another Red Sun Rising show, and you guys were again opening. And I remember, Trace. yes, at yeah. Trees, yes. And uh, I was there with my wife and my friend Jacob again, and he was there with his girlfriend. And uh, I remember like mentioning like to Jacob or whatever, like I was like, oh crap, there's there's Dark Avenue. I never followed back up. And he said something to the effect of like uh, he was basically just like, all right, well there they are like go talk to him i was like i I feel like a jerk or something for not (laughs) following up sooner and he said something uh just basically like suck it up and go go do it or whatever and i was like all right because i've gotten better at it but i was for a long time and still to some degree like painfully shy yeah (laughs) like if i don't know a person i barely know how to like hold composure let alone a conversation and so I was like, all right, hold on. And I like downed my drink and I was like, all right, I'm going to just go up there. And like, even, even when like I, I walked up to like talk with you or whatever, you had like a couple people surrounding you. And so I just kind of like awkwardly like stood there, like trying not to be too awkward while 
all the time aware of how awkward I probably was. And uh, finally, uh, you know, I when we actually like, started talking or whatever, I like just let off like, hey, I reached out to you a while back and you immediately like knew what I was talking about and everything. And so we just kind of got that back on track in that regard. Yeah. But I, I remember, um, you know, it, it all went well and everything when I was like heading back uh, to meet up with Jacob and them. I, I was I was like feeling good about it. I had like a like a smile, and then like a minute later, like you guys came back from out there, and we're like heading towards the backstage, and like you happened to like see where I was, and you gave like a like a head nod or something like that, and like I like returned the gesture, and Jacob was just like, and he's like, oh okay, so that's your boyfriend. <laughs> I was like, all right, guy, come on. <laughs> but yeah, so we we got it back on track after that, and I, I don't remember how long exactly after that it was, but we ended up doing it out of the. Uh, Mexico restaurant in Allen, I believe it was. I can't remember if it was the mm. Allen or Plano location. I think it was. I no, want to say it, it was Plano. Plano. It was Plano. Yeah, yeah. The the Plano location is no longer there, but that's where we ran it out of at the time, mm -hmm. and uh, that that was good. Uh, it was it was just a different experience. We kind of did like a, an acoustic set and everything with it. We did definitely hit some technical. <laughs> issues just with my very limited uh, equipment and everything that I was trying to run stuff off of. I think what happened was during the set, the band was coming through great and your vocals were coming and going. And I just think I had something wrong with the soundboard. So it was mm. one of those things where it's like, well, once you're going, you kind of just have to roll with it. Man, you know, being an artist and in all the, the years of experience that we have, we've gone through so many technical difficulties. Like it's nothing new, you yeah. know, just kind of like, you know, um, You know, just roll your sleeves and just the, the show must go on. You know, like this, I know that's kind of right. um, cliche, and um, but it, it is true. You know, you just kind of keep going. I mean, if there's another microphone available, you know, you jump to that one. Yep. And, and uh, you know, and with everything else, you know, just like what, what, you, were, what you were talking about, um, you know, we never felt like too important for anything or for anybody, you know, no matter what kind of success we had. And like I said... With Dark Avenue, we had very, very early success. Mm -hmm. I mean, immediately we started getting shows with uh, just massive bands. You know, I mean, we uh, opened for Queensryche, you know, and we were the only openers. You know, there was no mm -hmm. one else touring with them. I mean, we just, you know, at Gas Monkey Live and uh, we did a show with Jonathan Davis and, you know, like Red Sun Rising and Gemini Syndrome and Pop Evil and... I mean, just on and on. And there's, I mean, when we did Rocklahoma, and uh, like I said, it was just really great success very early. But, um, you know, one of the things that remained very important is to remain available and to, you know, um, like I said, just because we've been through that mm -hmm. um, as individuals and with uh, with other projects, you know, we just really wanted to focus on, on what really makes makes us happy which is you know having a good connection with our fans and which you know to me and and i think you've heard me say this before is more like you know our friends because right. eventually you know you end up seeing the same people mm -hmm. you know once or twice and and it's good to you you may i may not always remember the names right but i always remember the face you know yeah. and um and just try to remain remain personal because you never know you know where we're those um those friendships can can take you you may be in front of someone that you know it's just launching their career and you know in 10 years they'll be able to 
you know help you out with with something else or someone that's already there and it, they're able to help you out and that's that's how we met a lot of people that uh, that had helped us through you know to get to to this point and and i mean i mean right now there's not a lot happening yeah but uh, prior to uh to the pandemic i mean we we had great momentum and you know we had great met great people and and all of that is because you know just you know remaining humble and you know just counting your blessings and just being available and being friendly and you know we're not one of those bands that ever turns down you know an interview i mean mm -hmm. from time to time a show just because we can't right but um you know we love playing we love jamming with each other we uh we're you know brothers and um you know when you and i you know met when we did that show with you in plano mm -hmm. you know it was just kind of like the beginning of a great friendship you know and yeah. now kind of like a, it's kind of like a brotherhood now it's like you know with with everyone that we know i mean um after the interview we ended up talking a little bit and it's like oh man like we're where are you going it's like oh i'm driving to denton it's like oh well i live in denton and yeah. we ended up being it, like it was like two streets away or something neighbors. stupid yeah. yeah 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 and i i was just jokingly telling you at the time i was like you don't know it yet but i just became your best friend or something like that <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah, yeah. It, once it, it's funny too because like even when you said the area like i was like oh okay yeah i know that's really close but then like when i was driving home and realized how close it was i was yeah. like oh wow like re literally like you two minutes walk. tops yeah, you, you could to walk my there. apartment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, even when you guys moved out of that apartment, you were just in the next edition over. So like it was still technically the same like uh, housing edition as far as the name, I believe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty so much. Yeah, yeah, that that's that was a crazy coincidence in that, but I think it definitely kind of helped us develop that friendship and everything. The fact that we were able to to you know take the well at the time Billy was your girlfriend now. Yeah. Uh, but. The now wives out, uh, double dates and stuff like that. Nice uh, trips to the square and Pascal Bar, which I miss so dearly. Oh, I don't I, even don't. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, oh. but no, it was uh, it was good. It was it, it made it easy to kind of keep that open dialogue and everything. And then you know, sports as well was an, an easy avenue. Uh, in that regard as well with you being a Mavericks fan a Cowboys fan too but not not your sole I guess oh. team or interest there so I, I have I have my conflicts with that sure because I am uh, a uh, 49ers fanatic mm -hmm. um, just growing up watching Joe Montana I mean and I say growing up watching Joe Montana I watched like two games you know yeah, when, yeah. when he was still playing for the 49ers right and then got traded to um Kansas City. to Kansas City so I mean I grew up a 49er but when I moved to Dallas and I always liked the Rangers mm -hmm. the Texas Rangers had always been my team um I was a fan of Jose Canseco growing up because of my dad yeah and when he got traded to the Rangers, I was old enough to, you know, to follow it, understand the rules, played mm -hmm. a little bit in Mexico. And uh, so the Rangers became my favorite team because Jose Canseco was, gotcha. um, you know, um, was traded to to the Rangers. But I mean, it just I just my love just kind of grew, you know, for them. I mean, with with Palmero. And then when I moved here, it was just, you know, um, it was meant to be. Yeah. And the Dallas Mavericks, I mean, it was honestly, you know, once once I moved here and it was available, you know, I mean, of course, you know, everyone in Mexico, if you ask them, they're Chicago Bull fans just because of Michael Jordan sure. and how incredibly big he was. I mean, mm -hmm. just in every market. 
And, you know, and of course you had the rogue ones that like, you know, Charles Barkley or uh, Patrick yeah. Ewan. I mean, I remember having Ewan Sanchez and just being like, oh, yeah, he's the coolest player. I had no idea who he was. Gotcha. But I had his shoes. Right, right. But um, yeah, it was more about marketing than anything else. Uh, so, but when I moved here, you know, I fell in love with, with Dirk, just like everybody else, you know, yeah. with Nash, with Finley. And I mean, I've been here in, in Dallas or, you know, in, in the Metroplex for 20 years. And um, I mean, I just learned to fall in love and, and you know, with the Cowboys is kind of like a love hate relationship. That's how it is with most Cowboy fans. I think at this point, honestly, <laughs> it's, it's very strained and yet it's like an abusive relationship you stay in. No, not, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Well, you know, it's just can, they every can win two games and they're still going to sell out. Well, every year you go in thinking, you know, I can change this person. Yeah. And they don't change. Yep. And they keep disappointing you and you keep going back. Right. Because, you know, they're just so pretty yeah. to look at. And then you're like, well, no, same disappointment, you know, year yep. after year. So, yep. Yep. Um, but I mean, you know, eventually, eventually, hopefully they'll, uh, they'll realize that. Um, I mean, mathematically, it has to happen at some point. At some point. Hey, do you know what? It, it took the Chiefs 50 years, you know, mm -hmm. before they got back to the Super Bowl. So, yep. I mean. What Hopefully that guy was what that like twenty five yeah, since right. the last time. <laughs> yeah, the last time they got to the I think the NFC championship was like ninety six. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and they've got like three or four playoff wins and all that time, but it's always like the wild card round. It's never divisional. Like they can't <laughs> even get to the game. It's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And and you know what? It was it was such sweet redemption when um we uh when the forty nineers made it to the Super Bowl last year and we were just so close. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, for years, you know, I, I, you know, I talked about the 49ers. I talked about being a fan, but I mean, every single one of my friends, it's a cowboy fan. So it just kind of like, was kind of like, like mm, 49er and, you know, just kind of hide it. And, you know, you watch the, the Cowboys games just because they're on all the time. Sure. And like I said, I mean, I'm from here now. I mean, I'm more texan than i am you know right mexican yeah um in a way just because of the the longevity that i've been here um but uh i mean it was it was great to it was a great feeling to tell all my friends like oh yeah the 49ers are in the super bowl again sure. yeah <laughs> what happened to the cowboys <laughs> yeah yeah and even if they tried to respond with like oh yeah how'd it go last time and then how'd it go this time like even in both of those it's like all right well at least we got there <laughs> at least at least we did something exactly i mean we were what like two plays away from from Pretty winning the super times. bowl yeah yeah so brutal yeah and you know and last year was just you know there was too many injuries and you know so i'm just really not counting it so yeah. but we'll see as long as um i mean we don't know what's happening with with the quarterback situation just like here <laughs> yeah so it's kind of up in the air i mean you don't know what what's going to happen i mean i you know i i already uh uh put in my two cents that maybe we can just go get watson and go win the super bowl but i don't think I, that's I don't think that fix, yeah i don't think that fixes everything and you'd have to trade so much to get them anyway plus i don't know that it's a, a substantial enough upgrade over dak anyway but even even still that that's there there's so many things to try and make sense of with the cowboys and the problem is most of it doesn't make sense in the yeah. first place but so. you do know that i was talking about the 49ers getting watson right oh 49ers getting watson in that case okay <laughs> yeah fine yeah go, go do case. that I, I don't i don't care at that point yeah so i heard we and i thought i was being included 
Well, you you are, of course, because oh, you know yes. my success there's, there's is your success. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Fair I'm, enough. I'm talking about my my team. Yes, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot there. But on the uh, so to to kind of pivot back to the the band and everything like that, you mentioned you guys had a lot of momentum before the pandemic and everything kind of ground to a halt. Yeah. You guys were actually uh, in talks with a label, right? Yeah, we actually had signed a um, a short contract with with a label, and uh, we had a couple songs produced or well, not produced but remastered mm-hmm. and remixed by Toby Wright, mm-hmm. um, the uh, I was going to say author, but uh, no, the producer of the Nona tapes by Allison Chains and just you know many other artists like yeah. Seven Dust and. Um, renowned person in his renowned, field exactly and we were working with a lot of big names um and but i mean just like everything and with everybody you know uh, um you know there's limitations and then you know i mean a few months after that you know the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and uh, we were um i mean just like everyone else in the world we were just shot into into our homes yeah. so um, you know, we really didn't, um, we really didn't know how to react or how to go, what, what to do. So, you know, just everything kind of just stopped. You right. know? I mean, the world stopped. So, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the band stopped, the creative process didn't, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, which is great. You know, cause I mean, like right now, uh, as we sit here, you know, I can tell you, we probably have a full album worth of material. Hmm. Um, I mean, of course, we got to get into the studio and, yeah. and write lyrics, et cetera, et cetera. And then we could, and then I could tell you, okay, yeah, we have 11 songs. But sure. for now, I mean, we have, um, you know, several things in, in the works. But but going back, you know, we did have several conversations with, with you know, with, with, uh, with labels, with producers, with, uh, with agents. And um, we had a lot of things in 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 the works and and of course you know in in this industry unfortunately you know money talks mm-hmm. you know once you get to a certain level and um you know it's not it's not like it used to be before you know where, yeah. where producers and um record labels you know were going out looking for for talent and signing talent and you know just uh, money over you know over fist and uh, mm-hmm. um, trying to get them to sign with with their label you know now it's it's just it's just different you know I mean the technology has completely changed the um, the playing field mm-hmm. which you know in, in many ways is great because you can reach a bigger audience you know being smaller and um, which you know it it's helped us in in many many ways. But in order to start working at the level that we are, in order to start working with people of the caliber that we were working, you know, you need a budget, you know, because you need management, you need transportation, et cetera, et cetera. And that stalled things, um, you know, a little bit. Um, You know, once you, and and this is is funny, you know, because there's seasons for everything. You know, once you get, start getting into the holidays, Mm -hmm. usually, you know, it slows down a little bit for, you know, like live shows, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I found out, uh, personally, I found out that I had um, developed nodules on my vocal cords, Mm. which I've had um, back in, you know, 
1998 when I was uh, singing with band in, in Mexico and I was, uh, I mean, I was singing every night, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, I'm just like with everything, you know, I mean, whether you're an athlete or, you know, a sports writer, um, you know, eventually you start developing, you know, things, I mean, like carpal tunnel, you know, if you're sure. always on your, on, on your computer um, typing and, you know, as an athlete, you know, you could pull a muscle or ACL, I mean, you name it. Yeah, just you know? general wear and tear. Exactly. You know, and, and as a vocalist and... Um, you know, those things, you know, are almost inevitable. I mm-hmm. mean, the, especially, you know, uh, you know, for someone that's been singing for, you know, for as long as in the type of genre that, that I do. I mean, I try, I do try to be really careful. Um, you know, I, I follow all my, uh, you know, my breathing, mm-hmm. and, you know, and all my technique and stuff. But, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, it happens. Um, so... Um, you know, I mean, of course, you know, and back in 98, I was you know, still a teenager. And, sure. Um, you know, it was relatively easy to get back in shape and, um, you know, not I surgery wasn't even something that I was considering back then or was even an option, you know, yeah. just kind of like rehabbing it and resting my voice and um, and it went away and, you know, and, and I bought myself another you know 20 years almost so and what so for for those who might not know what what is the impact nodules have on like your voice and everything like we said wear and tear so that kind of paints a picture but like how do, how does it impact it i guess well um I, I mean i don't know that there is uh i don't know how it affects other people the way that it affect me mm-hmm. um was my voice just wasn't as responsive it it just wasn't as strong um you know definitely there was a lot of discomfort especially after shows um you know you experience sometimes you know losing your voice or you know voice cracking just because your your vocal cords you're putting a lot of um tension on your vocal cords and they don't open as wide as uh, you are used to and you don't project as much because there's not as much air going out um, and, and of course, you know, it all depends on the, on the size of the nodule, but I mean, um, it's just a little callus on, on the, um, the vocal cord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're thinking of your vocal cord, it's like, you know, as thin as one of your, um, hairs. Okay. And when you're thinking of a nodule, I mean, it could be, you know, as big as a grain of rice. So, yeah. you know, if you put that, you know, on a piece of hair, it's giant. Right. Um, you know, thankfully mine, you know, are not as severe, but still severe enough to, to sideline me for, for about a month or two of just me wanting to see, you know, wanting to rehab and just working through it and just seeing like, okay, well maybe, um, you know, I don't need to have uh, surgery. I did consider it, um, you know, it's still something that I'm, I'm thinking about and, and in all honesty, I don't know how, um, how much more time it will allow me to, you know, to do this. And it's not going to be life changing. It's not going to change, you know, my voice or my speaking voice or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. it will definitely, um, change my singing voice in a way, you know? And, and of course, you know, there's, you can like any muscle, you know, you can make it stronger, you can uh, exercise it, but it definitely threw a wrench in my, in my plans, you know, with, with, with the band and, uh, 
And then when the pandemic hit, it was kind of like, um, okay, well, I mean, this is the time that I need to, to rest it, to rest and to it. consider things. Yeah, exactly. So resting has been beneficial for your voice in terms of kind of regaining its strength and ability to project and everything. It, it has in, in a way, but now it's that it's getting back in the groove of, of things that, yeah. uh, but just like, I'm just like with everything else. I'm just like, you, you know, when we went into, so you got to build it back up. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? When we went into the pandemic, you know, a lot of us stopped working out, going to the gym and, you know, and eating whatever. So you develop bad habits mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't excluded. You know, I'm, I sure did develop some bad habits. I, uh, you know, I was definitely doing some things that, that didn't help. Um, my progression, sure. you know, I mean, they didn't make it worse, but they just didn't help my, my progression. And, um, you know, in the last couple of months it's just being a matter of, um, you know, rehabbing, getting the strength back. And, um, um, a couple of weeks ago we had, um, we got together with a band and I was able to, to, um, work my vocals and, you know, my, I'm, slowly I'm, I'm rebuilding. So, um, I mean, for me, you know, the the pandemic was just kind of like that time to um, to focus on on myself and just get get those things back in in kind line of an, and kind of an ideal time to ha- like you don't want to have to deal with that, but it's an ideal absolutely. timing, just in the sense that there's no live shows anyway, so you're not having to miss what otherwise would be like exposure and you know uh, revenue and all that that the band could make and kind of exactly. help you guys progress yeah exactly exactly so which which was great for me mentally mm-hmm. because i didn't have to feel like i was holding anything back yeah. you know i mean uh and 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 now i mean even now you know as we have returned to some sort of normalcy i mean we are still not taking any shows you know we're um slowly getting back you know together we are focusing on on you know the creative process you know we're focusing on writing and um you know and maybe you know in a few months you know when um we feel that's a little more prudent to go out and and start playing shows we can and you know and, and we'll see we'll see where it goes we'll see where it goes and hopefully we'll have some new material i mean we haven't even been able to to um to promote uh, reality yeah you know so and we're thinking about a new album so we may be promoting two albums you know yeah. so who knows but but it's it's exciting um you know i'm i'm glad that i am where i'm at right now and i just i just want to see where where you know how it progresses and where it goes okay so out of curiosity if you if you did ultimately you know whenever it is if you did decide to to do the surgery you mentioned like there's no telling how long that might buy is it something where like nodules could just redevelop and it like it might be a few years or it might be 10 years like is it I, I guess I'm just I'm curious on that like if it's something that like it's not even like okay you fixed it and it's done because yeah. you mentioned the first time in 98 that you didn't do the surgery then so I'm wondering like if it's the same nodules that have just worsened or if it's like surgery would remove them but you could always just develop new ones anyway essentially yes okay um like I said, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a callus. I'm just like golfers, you know? Yeah. I mean, when it's not season and they're not playing a lot, you know, their hands are, you know, smooth mm-hmm. and there's no calluses. But when you're playing and you're out there, you know, you develop those calluses. So it's, it's very similar to, 
to that and just to kind of put it in, in layman's terms and um it it's not a fix you know fix all unfortunately mm-hmm. um you know i've had had friends that um have come out and you know their voice didn't change and i've had other friends that just you know it's, it was never the same hmm. and uh you know while they're still able to perform but it just you know they changes the range changes and pitch the, and things like that yeah it, it does and and i mean a lot of it too is it's age i mean we're talking about you know guys that are like in their 50s and okay and uh you know of course you know your voice changes as as you get older and uh but I mean, the fact that they're still doing it, you know, it's it's very um, encouraging. Um, you know, if I were to to do the surgery, I mean, you know, every doctor that um, that I've seen and talked to, you know, has mentioned, or you know, in every article that I read, I mean, just it's at everybody's pace. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it could be one or two months, and you know, you get back into, you know, you do a little rehab, and um, you know, and you could be back on the road, you know, within six months hmm. you know some people have had had the surgery and it's been a year you know and so i don't know what it would be for me and i don't know that i don't honestly i i, I it's one of those things that i try to avoid thinking about sure um until i'm there you know and i figure out like okay you know what i i should probably have the surgery because i'm just i'm i just keep damaging my my vocal cords and i'm cutting my career short and if I have the surgery, you know, it's going to be another year. Could yeah. it be another year? Could it be six months? I don't know. And definitely, if I were to do that, I would want to take every precaution necessary to uh, to get back to some sort of normal or you know uh, or the same level that I that I've been singing. And um, that would be my biggest um, fear, I guess. Yeah. You know, to to not the unknown of how long you right. know it, it could potentially take me so you know like i said right now i feel i feel good um you know I've, I've been trying to push myself from time to time and it's it's been good i mean after i've been talking for a while i don't feel like you know i'm gonna lose my voice within the next you know 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. um, you know the pain is definitely uh, not severe, you know, I'm able to to talk for longer periods of time, I'm able to sing for longer periods of time, so I, I see that as a positive, it was, it was very much kind of like when um, when I had it the first time, and um, just slowly regained my, my strength, and, and I think a lot of it, a lot of that, it's going to have to do with my conditioning, which I'm, I'm trying, slowly getting, getting, getting back, getting to back. It, yeah, exactly. Okay. So as I guess this kind of forced you to to think in terms of like after your career, like post singing career in any respect, like just in terms of like uh, what your kind of ambitions and whatnot are. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, singing it's been in my life, you know, I mean, my entire life. You know, there's never been a time that I that that I didn't sing. You know, that I wasn't part of something, you know, creative or musical. So, yeah, it's it's kind of forced me to to think about that, you know, and it's scary, you mm-hmm. know, but, uh, um, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that like to stay still. I yeah. mean, during the pandemic, I mean, I, I studied to get my real estate license and, mm-hmm. you know, I got it and, uh, 
you know, it's it's always that desire of of learning something new, trying to find a new trade, and yeah. um, you know, and and after you know, I'm done with singing, maybe I'll focus on writing or producing, and um, I don't know. I mean, there's just many things that I that I can that I can do. I never limit myself to what I can or cannot do. So, right. Um, I think that's just you know so much fun, you know, to kind of. To figure out like okay so now i don't have this like what's next right and um you know and as long as i i have energy and will i'm, I'm gonna keep you know figuring out what's what's next so fair enough you know, staying active yeah that, that's something that for me I, i've tried to really kind of push my boundaries a little bit like i said before like how i i've always been very kind of introverted and shy and things like that and like i've been i think for a lot of my life really like resistant to kind of growth. Like there, there were things that I liked and that I tried to pursue in different ways. Yeah. But I feel like at times that I was kind of what was in my own way in terms of like being able to grow and to like build good habits and everything. And so that's something that just within the last few months, like I've really been trying to better assess and kind of get a grip on because I, you know, once I realized like, I viewed it before as like, well, school's difficult right now. Like I'm going back and getting the degree while having an eight month old daughter. <laughs> uh, I'm working a full time schedule, going to school full time. And then I'm doing everything with like Dallas prospect. Like my schedule is just packed at all times. And I was always like, well, my schedule is the problem. It's just, everything's on it. Like it's stuff I have to do. Like, but that's the problem. And what I kind of came to, to realize with it was like, well, I mean like th those are the obstacles. Yeah. But like you can navigate obstacles. The problem is with the mindset in which you're approaching it. Absolutely. And so I, I kind of realized like, no, it's, it's me. That's my own problem. Like it's how I'm blocking my own path or progression or how, even if I do have like uh, an interested, like ambition towards trying something, I'm what's kind of blocking my own path. And it's something where it's like, oh, this would be really cool if I could do something like this. But then you have that little negative voice in the back of your mind like, yeah, that would be great if you didn't suck. Like, <laughs> you'd have something yeah. like that. Like, oh, yeah, if you could realistically do that or like, oh, that's so improbable. It's not even worth bothering. You just be wasting your time. Like, yeah. you just have all this like negative stuff. And I kind of had to say like, all right, well, instead of giving this negative this negative voice thought, whatever, like the kind of megaphone and everything to just yeah. to kind of like direct my life from the back seat. Like how about we instead give that more towards positive stuff. So it's like by not listening to every passing like thought or emotion that wanted to be negative about something, it's like, well, you silence those. And now all you hear is the positive stuff. And like, absolutely just in doing that, I, I feel like just in the matter of the last three, four months has been like, I mean, for lack of a better term, like transformative for me in terms of like just actually developing like real self-confidence. Correct. Because like I, I've been doing Dallas Prospect and stuff for, for three years, but I could still go on a live stream and like in the minutes leading up to it, I'm anxious, like to the point of like, I'm like, I just got to start. I'm going to like go sprinting out of the gate. And <laughs> then like after like five minutes or so, I'll settle in and I'll start to actually be normal. Yeah. But like I would have anxiety about it. Yeah. And I was like, why do I, I've been doing this for three years. A lot of these people that are watching this, Ha, like they 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 here because they like what I do obviously so it's like why am I putting this weird pressure and strain on myself when there's 
absolutely no reason to. Just like I'm not anxious or anything talking with you now, especially as, as long as we've known each other and everything. Correct. It's like... Now, obviously, it's different. It's it's more personal and talking face to face like this versus people that watch the channel and like I know your username and you talk in the chat. But <laughs> it's different. I get that. But it's like, well, why am I why am I anxious about that? Yeah. So, just doing all this stuff has has kind of worked. And what I what I like about it is not just has it helped me build self confidence and everything, but it's actually like allowed me to say like, well, I picked up this thing. And it was kind of a good constructive habit for me to build. Like, Absolutely. And it, it, that just made me more interested. I'm like, well, this thing, um, like something I picked up that I never thought I would pick up is like daily meditation. And like, I couldn't have told you anything about it like four months ago. I, I would have assumed it was the long hair, hippie cross leg and just <laughs> palms of the sky. Like, oh, that's normally how, when you when you talk about meditation. That's what I picture in my yep, head. Yep, and that's just like that's just like the the stigma about it. I realized, you know, that cabin trip I took two years ago. Yeah. We just took it again, but that trip I took two years ago, and I talked about how like great that was for clearing my mind and everything like that. Like how transformative that kind of felt. The problem is, like I, I sat outside that first night we were there for like an hour and just absolute perfect silence. If my, if my mind wandered, I just kind of brought it back to like. No, 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 just just chill for a moment, and yeah. eventually something kind of felt like it clicked, and then it was like I had clarity, and I could actually think and plan and decide like what I wanted to do moving forward, how I wanted to go about it, and it just felt like it was really, really productive. You found your formula exactly, and then I came back from that trip, and within a matter of days, I started to feel like shit again, and within a couple of weeks, I felt like I was right back where I was before I went on the trip. My mistake I made at the time was I put the significance of it, the kind of power of it, in the location. I was like, well, I have to be out in the middle of nowhere. I have to have this absolute peace and tranquility. Yeah. And then maybe I can key back into that. I didn't, I didn't think it was something that I could just do. So then the following year, we went on another trip, a different remote cabin. And, you know, there, there was other stuff going on with that as well. Uh, not the least of which was altitude sickness and drunkenness. But uh, see, I <laughs> it doesn't help. I hadn't experienced that, and I didn't know that in tandem, uh, one and a half scotches hit me like six. And so I was sick as a dog for two days of a four-day trip. <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of got in the way a little bit as well. But yeah, it, I, I wasn't able to key back into that. And then I just felt even worse about it because then I was like, oh my God, what if that was like a one-time fleeting thing? Yeah. So I, I was so anxious about it. We went back to the, not the original cabin, but the original like area. The site. Yes. Yeah. And that first night I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm, it took me two years, but I'm here. Let's, let's figure this out. And it took a while. Like I couldn't even like, even over an hour in, I couldn't just shift back into it. And I was like, damn it, what am I doing wrong? And I, I kind of like looked into it and I basically realized as I was like trying to figure out, like as I'm like almost like describing around like, oh, how do you like, you know, it's like Google, like, how do I do this? Yeah. And it's like, did you mean meditation? <laughs> like, me no, I'm not meditating. Like, what are you talking about? And then like, it was actually, I like read like how that all goes about and like what goes into it. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I was meditating. I just didn't realize that's what I was doing. Yeah. And so like once I thought about it like that and I started actually doing it, it was like, dude, I can do this in like 10 or 15 minutes in the morning and it just helps you be like more calm and mindful. So like 
it, it's weird. Like I would not have thought this would be such a, a drastic change in like my general, not personality, but demeanor, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. But like, it really has been like, I have more patience for dealing with stuff. Like the, the other day, for instance, I Harper was my daughter really, uh, having just a, a crappy morning screaming up, upset. I'm like trying to like get her dressed and everything, help her get her pants on. She like screams point blank in my ear, oh, ears ringing. Delightful. Yeah. Ears ringing. She's smacking me in the face, pokes me in the eye and I'm just like, okay. And then like a minute later, I finally get to sit down with my coffee and, uh, JJ runs by, bumps me, spill hot coffee all over myself. And I'm like, that should be uh, collectively, that should be enough that I'm just like, F my day. The whole day is like, I'm pissed. Oh, it's, it's run. Yes. Yeah. And like, I just was like, mm, okay, change shirts. And I just moved, I just went along with my day. Like, and I thought about it like literally an hour later, like I didn't even really get upset. I just was like, all right, well this happened. Absolutely. Just move with it. Yeah, I, I guess it's just, it's just part of um, not staying in the moment, you know, not being stuck, mm-hmm. you know, and just being active and moving forward. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's great. It's great to hear that. So like yeah, that that's the main thing. Like when I picked that up, that kind of like opened the door to other different good habits and everything that I wanted to to build. Because I was like, man, if I can do this and it's like 15 minutes a day, but like I, it's such a noticeable change in terms of my demeanor and everything. Absolutely. Like what are some other good little habits I could pick up? And now I've been like compounding these, adding to them. So like another thing I did, and it, this was kind of taking something I did. Uh, in both of the successful, I would say, as far as clarity is concerned, cabin trips, uh, I, I would, after I go back inside from just sitting out there and kind of like clearing my head and everything, I would, I would journal a little bit. Like I I would just kind of like, and it could be whatever, like it would be just like kind of what was on my mind when I was doing it, like what I, what my thoughts were moving forward. It's just something along those lines, but I, I would do that. And I, I don't know when this part started happening but at some point i just started losing weight without realizing it and i noticed it when i was probably like just under 20 pounds down yeah and so i was like oh shit maybe i should actually try and help it as well you know like you're (laughs) like well if i'm doing this without even knowing what i'm doing what happens when i actually try and so like i started picking up uh, i started getting back into like that dynamic resistance yoga stuff that like ddpy stuff i told you about previously And, uh, so now like every morning, like when Sean and Harper, they're out the door by eight o'clock, I'll, I'll go ahead and do a little bit of DDPY, just something light, just to kind of, you know, wake up the body a little bit. It's probably like 350 calories that you're burning in just this like 15, 20 minute workout. Blood flow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go do that. Then I'll go meditate for like 10 or 15 minutes and then I'll go and I'll journal whole things, 45 minutes. And like, that's become like more or less my holy trinity of like at my of my morning correct and like it's it's been really good like it's helped me i feel like like i my i'm down i think like 26 or 27 pounds now wow um and this is like you know as far as me actually tracking it like probably six weeks or something that's amazing yeah and and so it's like that's good my mental clarity i feel like is the best it's ever been in my life like my general mental like stability and state of mind like i feel more level-headed and like without listening to and kind of giving that power to these like negative thoughts and emotions just like i notice when they're there and i basically just like oh okay i'm aware of you but i'm, I'm gonna look over here now yeah 
it's like without that thing, like beating the positive emotions and thoughts over the head, I just hear those now. Definitely. And so like confidence is up. Like I feel like more ambitious as far as what I'm wanting to do and everything. And it's just like, I feel like I'm, it's, it sounds dramatic to say or whatever, but like, it feels like I'm kind of unlocking that like potential of what I always had the opportunity to be, but just never could. Cause I was blocking my own path. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, and first of all, I mean, congratulations. And I know you and I had these conversations before, especially when it comes about, you know, uh, your mental health and, you know, because it's in, in all honesty, I mean, it, if you're not right, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't feel right mentally, you know, it just, it can throw a huge wrench in your plans and what you do. I mean, just like, you know, the daily things that, that you do and, yeah. um, you know, I mean, just unlocking that, um, you know, is, is great when, when you have it and when you see it, um, you know, I was very blessed, you know, at a very young age, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, of course, you know, I had, I've always had anxiety, you know, before shows, you know, when we first started, I mean, I definitely felt that, uh, now I'm, you know, I mean, obviously doing it this long, I'm at a point where, it's not inside it's more just the anticipation of you know i want to sure. get there let's yeah let's get to that point where i'm on stage and i'm ready to go mm-hmm. um but i mean in life I've, I've always had that you know and and those self-doubts never go away but they're there for a reason you know they're there so you can kind of break through yeah. you know break through those things and um and definitely daily habits are incredibly important, you mm-hmm. know, and just pushing yourself to do those things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, as good as I, I think I am at talking to people and connecting, I mean, the first time, you know, uh, when I got my, my real estate license and, you know, get, getting to meet new people, it was really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking to people on the phone, suddenly I was like, wow, I am actually like nervous and anxious, but... Um, you know, the more you do it, it just becomes a habit mm-hmm. and, and good habits breed new, big, uh, new, big, um, changes, good habits Oh yeah, yeah. and big changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like you were saying, you know, suddenly you started losing weight without even knowing that was a big mm-hmm. change just because of the habits that you, that you were, um, that you took. Yeah. And when you realized that you were like, okay, well, what else can I do? Yeah. You know, and that's just, um, it's it's great you know to uh to hear that you know it's it's uh hopefully you know some people take notes on that and be like okay i mean if if derek can do it i mean i remember having you know some conversations where um you know you just couldn't get out of of your own mind Mm -hmm. you know and and knowing people that have gone through that and and you know and myself as well um is um you know, there, there is, a, a, you know, little things that you can do. Like I yeah. said, it never goes away. You know, it, it's always there, but it's just kind of like how you manage to push those things aside and focus on, on the good things and the good things that you're doing. And, and um, you know, and, and it's great. And it just breeds, you know, success, you know, yeah. breeds good habits. And even when you don't have success, even when you don't reach the goals that you were looking for, it just kind of propels you and pushes you and gives you peace of mind of saying like, you know what? Well, let's 
let's try it a different way. Right. You know, maybe a different approach or, you know, is this as good as it's going to get? I don't know, maybe, but you start becoming satisfied with the work that you do because it's good work. Right. You know, and you realize like, okay, I, I put this much work into it. You know, I feel good. And then suddenly, you know, you found, you find yourself with a new, um, newfound confidence Mm -hmm. that you've never had and it just kind of propels you every single day you know to wake up i i i um i have two sisters in mexico and and we always have these really deep conversations about you know just daily things that we can do to to make our day you know better Mm -hmm. you know um and one of the things that i do i'm gonna hit that again sure the message just popped up so it had to just cut it and I was actually thinking, like, I bet you it's been for right about 20 minutes. <laughs> it, it, it has. Yeah. Or 30 minutes, I guess. But how are you on time? Um, I'm good. Okay. It's about to be 1 o'clock. It's 15 minutes away. I'm, okay. I'm not good. I'm yeah, good. no worries. We, I mean, it, it's whatever you want to do. We don't have to go too terribly much longer or whatever. But I got about 15, 20 minutes. Okay, cool. Um. So you were talking with your sisters about stuff you could do and yeah, yeah. and and you know and, and I mean of course this is gonna sound so easy mm-hmm. you know and and I and I make sure to emphasize on that every time I tell them you know when I wake up in the morning you know my alarm goes off I may so there's some days I'm not gonna lie I snooze mm-hmm. but most days I don't you know and I wake up and I just tell myself. Today's going to be a great day. And I wake up and I put a smile on my face. And I know it sounds silly, but it goes a long way in how your day moves forward. Yeah. You know, and, and I come out and I have a good demeanor. I, I bring the dogs out. I'm, you know, I'm being silly with them. I have my cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't let the grogginess and that feeling of like, oh, I want to go to bed. I want to yeah. go back to sleep. Um, overcome me yeah and you know and, it, and it's just something that I've done for years now and every single morning I wake up and I do the the exact same thing and you know people say like, well you're just a morning person and but I wasn't right I used to be a night owl you know I used to be up until two three four five in the morning and able to sleep until midday the next day and yeah you know, and wake up and just feel, you know, like terrible for, you know, like two or three hours, mm-hmm. not do anything and uh, just kind of let my day, you know, go by. And then really around three or four o'clock, that's when I, when I got, when I got going and, you know, and just one day I, I just decided, I was like, well, just my day is gone. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm not doing anything and I'm, gaining weight and i'm doing i'm smoking more and i'm doing this and i'm drinking more and one day i just decided i didn't want to do that anymore you know so i quit smoking i definitely didn't quit drinking but i didn't drink every night yeah (laughs) which was great right and i started you know taking care of my body and going to sleep and and taking care of my mental health and making better decisions and and suddenly i found you know my you know, the thing that propelled me. Right. You know, and, and for me, it was just a very small change, which was just like I said, you know, being positive and, and staying positive and just keeping my energy up from 
the moment I opened my eyes. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it had anything to do with, like, like I said, just, you know, for some people it's faith. For some people it's just, you know, the, the want to do something different, mm-hmm. to change. And, uh, you know, for me it was just, I, I wanted to be better. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I I think that that, that's something for me. Like, I always had this, like, feeling of, like, I want to do better. I know what I need to be doing, but, like, I struggle to actually do it. Like, or I could do it for a while, but I could never hold to it. And so that's that's when I kind of realized, like, I need to find, like, something that's, like, a fundamental change. And I think that's, I think I was aware of it, and that's why I clung to, like, the idea of, like, the cabin trip. But once I realized I didn't have to kind of put the significance of that in like in being out there like don't be wrong it's easier if you're out there and it's wonderful and peaceful i love it yeah but yeah it's like once i realized like i can okay so what i'm doing was that i can do that anywhere and i can i can bring that back with me and then like the longer you do it it's kind of like anything it's you know we talked earlier about like muscles and kind of building that up whether it's your focus and concentration during it like oh my mind is wandering let me pull it back to, to kind of like a home base if you will and like just focus on my breathing or just do this. Like it kind of like opened things up where once you stack that up for a couple of weeks, you, you start to notice this major change. And then like you start to introduce those better habits. Like I was talking about, like those, those three I mentioned are like, that's like my everyday thing. Like even if I'm not going to do like a hard workout that day, yeah, the, the, the kind of dynamic resistance yoga thing I do, it's like a 15 minute thing that really just kind of gets your blood pumping. So I do that every day. And uh, then two or three times a week, I'll do a harder one as well, like later in the morning or the afternoon or something. And it, it's really, really been good for me in that regard. But the, the other habits and stuff I've, I've kind of played around with, some of them I have like written down and I, I like have it on like my whiteboard. I'll have like the, the yoga, the meditation, the journal, but then I'll also have ones like reading, writing, creating, you know, just something Correct. like that. And I try to, you know, the main three I try to do every day, but the other ones I try to keep up with them, but I didn't, I knew if I kept making such a stringent thing where I was like, I have to do all these every day and now I've got like 10 items on the list. Well, that gets to the point where it's not practical. You're going to start missing them. Then you're going to get mad at yourself for missing them. And you could have like the, I think the kind of classic one there is like the don't break the chain thing, which was like a Jerry Seinfeld talking about writing jokes. You, you wrote jokes that day, you put an X on the calendar and you don't break the chain. Like you just keep it going. That feels stringent and like you don't allow any room. I mean, if it's one thing, first of all, that's yeah. different than if you're doing 10, but it, it's kind of stringent. Like you don't allow for any interruptions of life or anything like that. Or like, Oh, well I'm dealing with a project for school and I have, stuff I'm doing with work and my you know, daughter and all that. So sometimes things get messy. And so I kind of implemented a, uh, a two day rule. And that's basically like, I'm going to try to do all these every day. And if I don't, then instead of putting a check, I'm going to put an X and then I know I need to prioritize that the next day. Never try to let more than two days pass without doing these things. Yeah. And so like on a great day, I'll hit all of those. Those will all be checks. But there's going to be days like yesterday. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have time to write or do anything. What I would say is create uh, creative, which could be like, oh, I put out content for a channel, or like today I would count this. It's content creation. I would count this as a creative thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, if I'm writing, if I'm writing like a, a short story or part of my novel or something, hey, look, it checks both at the same time. It's perfect. <laughs> like it, it just kind of works like that. But like yesterday, I didn't write or create, so those were X's, and one of those I'm already dealing with here today. You know, addressing and. 
it just makes it easy where it gives you leeway and you still feel really good about the progress you're making because you're like, dude, at the very least, I'm doing all of these things four out of seven days. Absolutely. And visual incentives are huge, you know, especially for someone that's a visual learner, you know, someone that's a doer, you know, putting a check mark on a piece of paper. It's mm-hmm. it's huge, better than a mental mark, right. you know, because you can forget those easily once you move on to the next thing. And... Um, but I mean, just like you said, it's just creating those good habits and forcing yourself to do those things. And yep. if you're missing those things, you know, uh, being gentle with yourself, not beating yourself up for missing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think in, in, in many ways, um, we, and I say, we, you know, speaking of myself, you know, we're all, or we are our worst enemy. Yeah. And, uh, and the limitations that we, with that we put ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, so um, you know, that's why I was talking, you know, whenever, you know, my singing career is done, I don't know when that is, you know, it could be 20 years. I could be an old man and just, you know, still singing and, and still be happy. Right. You know, and, but it just, you know, that, that's the exciting part about life. It's just like to figuring out what, what next and what you can do. And we set our own limitations on, on things, you know, yeah. I mean, never in a million years, I could have told you, um, you know, that I'd be where I'm at now. Right. You know, especially as a, as a little boy in Mexico. Right. You know, I, I had, my aspirations were very small. Mm-hmm. You know, my dreams were, weren't very big. And when I started, um, you know, when I started singing and doors open, when I started traveling and meeting people and, and just seeing the world, I was kind of like, wow. This yeah. is much bigger than my little box that I had. Yeah. And, um, but I was still happy, you know, and because that was my reality. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And, um, you know, and sometimes we give ourselves, you know, giant dreams. Like, you know, like, oh, my God, I want to travel the world and I want to do this and I want to do that. And, and when you don't, when one year goes by and you haven't done any of those things, kind of like defeat. Yeah. yeah. And you forget you know where you are you know it's like when you found that piece in the cabin mm-hmm. you know and then you found that here i'm sure it was a huge you know realization of oh wow i don't need a place yeah you know i don't well, need that place to find my mental right you and, know, and that was place. huge like when i was able to like once i was able to continue that kind of progressive forward momentum as far as like not descending back into that negative mind set and all that like as days kind of rolled by and i was like not only do i not feel like i'm getting worse i feel like i'm just getting better yeah like i feel like i'm finding like an enhanced kind of clarity like that that was very big for me so it's it's definitely an ongoing process but the good thing is i feel like i actually have kind of control of it for the first time instead of just being reactive to stuff i feel like i'm able to kind of be more ambitious and be more, um, you know, planning and methodical in what I'm yeah. doing. So, yeah. And, and one of the biggest things that you said, and, um, you know, and I, I, I've taken that to heart through the years is just being gentle with yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and, and being kind to yourself and learning how to love yourself. It's, uh, it's huge, you know, and I think many people struggle with that, yeah. you know, loving yourself and, and it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like you look at yourself in the mirror and you pamper <laughs> yourself and you're like, oh, you're cute and you're yeah. beautiful, but no, just, you know, giving yourself a break about the mistakes and, mm-hmm. and the hurdles that you have to go through life and, 
and you know just kind of pat yourself on the back and and tell yourself it's gonna be okay and you know uh keep pushing forward and and it's it's great you know and i'm like i said you know i'm excited to see what what um you know what the prospect and what uh kirby creative uh has for the future you know and yeah. and i'm excited for you know all the the things that i have going on in my life and and like i said it's just you know part of life is the uh the excitement for me you know in life is just the unknown you know yeah. what's next and you know i don't need to be in the beach to feel like i'm on vacation right you know i'm i i find you know you got to find those little moments you got to find your little bitch here right you know in your own backyard you know in your own mind and uh, and that goes along that goes a long way you know and just and it's a daily thing you know it's yeah. a daily thing and you know pat yourself in the back and just move forward put a smile on your face pretty much it's huge. yeah yeah makes all the difference yeah well i uh, i appreciate you taking the time to sit down and do this podcast with me i know we've been talking about doing it for yeah. a little while I, i've been very busy trying to get things in order but uh I, i'm i'm glad to to get some of these going and this i'm sure I, I haven't made it easy for you too uh, you know trying to nail down the time so yeah, i no, appreciate no worries you. at all we can always make adjustments and all that and uh, we'll have to do it again in the future yeah i'm oh. i'm down i love this I love talking. Yeah, yeah, go <laughs> so, figure. Yeah. But yeah, if you guys haven't already, check out uh, Mario's band, Dark Avenue, and uh, check out their new album, Reality. As new stuff comes out, I'll be sure to plug that as well. Absolutely. Thank but, you. All right. Thanks, guys.